Uh, joining me on the 520 Collective phone line, he is from the Music Entrepreneur Club, man, and so much more. He's been in part of music for for quite a while. We'll dive into all of it, but joining me on the phone line right now is Mr. Damian Ritter. How you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty good, Eric. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. What What's the the past like year been like for you, man? I know, like you're just you're just busy, period. And then add in just kind of the craziness that everyone's had to navigate and the adjustments that's had to take place. What's that look like on your end? Yeah, it has been quite crazy. Um, you know, obviously that the world is in a, in a tailspin, and um, you know, for me professionally, you know, I'm kind of all over the place at this point, and it's crazy. As much as I preach structure to artists. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm losing mine, um, but I still do. Like you said, I'm the founder of the Music Entrepreneur Club, so we have our weekly sessions. We have a podcast, um, so that is 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 going strong. We're we're sponsored by Beat Stars, so they've been super supportive of the platform. Um, I've also gotten into comedy, so I've managed a couple of comedians. Uh, we got a live monthly show here in LA. Uh, they do really well on social media and we're trying to, you know, figure out how to make that jump from social media to television and film. So that's a, a new world that I'm, that I'm getting into. It's almost like deja vu because I used to run a, a record label and prior to that, you know, I didn't have any record label experience. So now kind of jumping into television and film, even though there's a lot of similarities between, you know, just, just the entertainment industry as a whole um i feel like i'm doing it all over again trying to figure out you know the television and film space and how we can be successful in it um and then i have a project called one week notice um it started in 2018 and it was supposed to be an annual project but that project is where we fly six artists out to a city put them in a house and task them with creating a project in a week so we did that this past june and the album just came out last week um so that's starting to relieve some of my stress a little bit as that content comes out. Um, so yeah, that's something that we'll continue to do on an annual basis. I'm already kind of planning the next one for next year, trying to see who's involved with platforms, with brands. Um, and then we'll start, you know, looking into how we select the artists um, maybe early next year. So super busy, man. I feel scattered. Some days I feel like I'm on top of things. Other days, just kind of a mess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, I get it. I get it. And, you know, we definitely want to talk about what's happening with the Music Entrepreneur Club. Uh, but man, let, let's talk a little bit more about some of these, like, kind of, I don't know if you call them side ventures, because I'm, I'm sure they demand just as much of your time and energy as anything else. But, um, just some of these other things that you were talking about. Um, you're talking about the comedy. That's, um, the whole crew's crazy. Is that what it is? Yeah. The monthly comedy show is called The Whole Crew is Stupid. Um, but I managed, I manage a comedian named Big Ja, and that concept came from one of his sketches um, that he posted on YouTube and Facebook. It's one of his sketch series that's become pretty popular. So we just took the name, applied it to a live comedy show, and the live comedy show is a combination of stand-up and sketches. Um, and then there's a live music performance at the end as well. So we're working with some platforms now or talking to some platforms now to try to get that picked up um, and, and put on a bigger platform. Um, so yeah, man, it's been fun. Comedy, I'm, I'm a fan of comedy. I'm a fan of Big Job. Big Job and I have been knowing each other for over 20 years. We went to college together. So oh, wow. um, it's been great. Yeah, it's been great to see him, um, you know, rise and, and to see his numbers grow. He actually used to be the security guard for um, some of the artists on Funk Volume. 
So I've been watching him work work on his sketches for a long time. So I used to watch him edit sketches on our tour bus. Um, and now he needs his own tour bus. So it's, it's been dope to see. Yeah, man. So, so what kind of led you to that decision to kind of venture into the comedy world? Like, how did you decide, like, man, this is something that I know I want to be a part of? Um, I mean, really just knowing Ja and, you know, knowing how solid of a cat he is and, and how talented he is, I just, you know, just asked him if he needed help. Because a lot of the stuff that we're doing with him is, is very similar to what I used to do with the funk volume artist um, in terms of, you know, interacting and, and growing a, a community online selling merch, touring, you know, the, the television and film stuff is, is, is new, but, you know, a lot of the, the a lot of the same things that I used to do with, with the label I used to run is what I do now. So it, I, I thought it was a good fit. He agreed, and we've, we've been locking in for the past two-plus years. That's what's up. That's what's up. And you mentioned uh, Funk Volume. That was an independent label, right? And you ran that with uh, Hobson. I mean, very successful independent label as well. I mean, I, I would say let's talk a little bit about that and just, I guess, leading into it, just like how you got into music, kind of how long you've been part of this industry, because it all plays up to what you're doing now, right? Yeah, for sure. So I, I got into music in 2008. That is when I got laid off from a consulting job in Chicago. And I was just trying to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do next. Um, it just so happened that my younger brother called me. He was going to UC Irvine at the time and said that he wanted to drop out of school and do music. And he seemed pretty passionate, pretty serious about it. Um, and at the same time, Hobson was a friend of his from high school. He was in an equally frustrated position, but different. He was already signed to a, a label called Ruthless Records. Uh, but they wanted to, to start their own thing. So, you know, we eventually got hop out of the deal and we teamed up to, to start Funk Volume, uh, which was pretty successful for, you know, well, it took a while to be successful and nobody starts out just, you know, making money right away. But it took us about two, three years, um, to start, to start having some good momentum. And then, you know, we signed a couple more artists, Diddy Wright, Sharon Benton went on a nice little run and then unfortunately and at the end of 2015 early 2016 me and Hobson but it has in the most ridiculous fashion ever um and it crashed and burned but that's that's how I got in got into music um so I think you know with with entrepreneurship you know a lot of times you just you know you see an opportunity and you just run with it right you just kind of take the chance you just run with it so that's kind of how I got into music. It wasn't something that I went to school for. Um, I did go to school. I didn't go to school for, for music. Um, but it wasn't something that I saw in my career path. It was just something, an, an opportunity that was presented to me. And then we just took it and ran with it. Right, right, right. And you, you talked about going to school. I mean, you, you've got an MBA from Stanford, right? So, I mean, uh, the whole entrepreneur thing is, it seems like it's something that's just a part of you almost. Like, like is that just something that you've always had? Yeah, well, I knew I wanted to start a business. Um, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I had no idea that it would be in the music industry. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I went went to school, did my undergrad at UC Berkeley, um, went, went out into the working world, worked for some financial services company, went back to school at Stanford, got my MBA. Um, and then I took a consulting job out when I when I left Stanford and that's the, the, the job that I got laid off from when right before we started the label. Wow. 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 So, I mean, you know, not, not the easiest schools 
to, to get through, right? So, I mean, whenever uh, people are listening to you, I think there needs to be a little bit of respect there, you know? I mean, not only that, but just from your experience, man. Um, it, it's pretty cool seeing what you guys were able to accomplish with Funk Volume. I know that there was, you know, success not only just on the um, charts, right? I mean, you guys put out um, Billboard charting, iTunes charting, music. But I think just the, the level of just respect within the music industry itself that that was able to garner uh puts you in a very uh unique place and i think that's why it's really cool seeing what you guys have been able to do with music entrepreneur club up to this point and and looking forward to seeing what comes next as well so um but i think that all kind of leads into what you've done with one week notice as well i know you mentioned that a little earlier um where you are able to work with these independent artists and bring them together to really focus in and create a project. Why don't you just talk a little bit more about one week notice for a minute? Sure. So it, you know, I'm always a big fan of, of collaboration. You know, I think independent artists, they do collaborate, but I don't think they collaborate enough. Um, so one week notice was just an idea that I had uh, to bring artists together to kind of force that collaboration and kind of be an example to other independent artists of just kind of creating a narrative, having some collaboration and putting putting together a dope a dope piece of um, content and music. Um, so it, it's something that I want to continue to do. Uh, I have a lot of ideas on, on, on different versions we can do and how, how it can change and evolve. Um, just for example, you know, I, I definitely see us doing like regional one week notices. So we could do like a Chicago version or an LA version. Um, I, I definitely have a lot of ideas for how I want when we notice to evolve, but you know, want to take it slow and, and see, you know, who all wants to be involved um, from a platform perspective to help amplify the project. You know, this time around we had quite a few brands involved, so we had um, Facebook Get Bars app, or not Get Bars app. It's the Facebook Bars app was was involved. Revolt was involved. They they premiered the documentary. Uh, Mackie Gear donated a, a bunch of gear um, to help us record during the week. Red Bull was involved. Um, so I just want to keep finding the right partners for this to amplify the messaging. And, and hopefully it continues to be, you know, a project that uh, shows independent artists uh, the value of collaboration and networking with each other. Yeah, man. And then so you talked about it. You made a documentary during that week where the, the artists were all together uh, and you actually broke that up into episodes as well. Right. That people can watch on YouTube. I know that's where I've been seeing it. What was that process like? Was that something that was different for you to not only just be bringing these artists together to work on music and create an album? I mean, I know that that was a process that you've been through plenty but what about the um creating this documentary side of it as well yeah we just thought that would be a cool component to kind of you know peel back some of the layers go behind the scenes on, on how the album was constructed what the environment looked like you know what how the artist felt about the experience um we actually did a documentary a funk volume documentary back in 2000 13 i believe is when it came out that's on youtube as well and that was actually supported by revolt um too so i, I just had a, 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 a long lasting relationship with revolt so they supported both documentaries but anytime you create content uh, or anytime you make music you know you want to come up 
you want to come up with as much content as possible, as much visual content as possible, uh, so people can see it, it's much more of a visual, um, you know, we live in a visual world where it's important to have, you know, strong visuals, strong narratives. And we just thought that the documentary would be a cool component to what we were trying to do. It would give people insight into what we were, not that what we were doing was some, you know, complex thing that people have never seen before, but I wanted people to see the creative process. I wanted people to hear, you know, the, the artist's perspective on the week um, and how it was going. I wanted them to see the house and just how everything came together. So I thought, you know, it just made a lot of sense to add that to uh, the project. Yeah, and and how I'm, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. Like, how how heavily were you involved throughout that week? Because I mean, I think whenever you watch the episodes, right, you you see yourself kind of popping in here and there. But I mean, it's really kind of focused in on the artists that you guys brought together. Um, but what was that week like for you, kind of behind the scenes with everything? Um, it's a stressful week. I mean, it's a again, it's a simple concept. It seems simple to, to pull together but if you've ever worked with artists if you've ever worked on a project um of, of this side just the logistics alone just kind of making sure everything is getting done you know we had photo shoots video shoots we had brands coming through uh, dinners to plan like it was just a lot on, on the logistics end so um even though i didn't get too involved creatively which i didn't think i'd have to be because i felt like if i selected the right artist they kind of you know you know do what they do what they do um, so minimal, minimal, uh, supervision on the music. You know, I knew the music would come out dope because I'm fans of these artists. I think they're dope. So I think anytime you put dope artists in the room, you know, uh, some dope music's going to come out, but everything else around it, you know, just makes the, the week very stressful. Um, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. There's probably about, you know, 30, you know, 20 to 30 people involved in this project. Um, you know, when you talk about the artists, photographers videographers you know people that are helping out behind the scenes um so yeah it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty stressful week because there's a lot in, invested into it um you know not just from a money perspective but you know just time um and there's a lot of brands in, involved so we have a lot of responsibilities to get them the exposure that we promised them so it's a it's definitely a stressful week but you know i think it, it paid off yeah, man. One of the one of the individuals involved with one we noticed was uh, DJ Payne One, who anyone who has checked out or knows about Music Entrepreneur Club, they should know about him as well, right? Like, what was what was that like, or what did it mean to you having him a part of One Week Notice as well? Yeah, I mean, Payne is my guy, so you know, I try to get my folks involved in in everything that I'm doing when it makes sense. Um, you know, we probably should have had the producers in the house as well. Uh, we didn't for this project. Uh, we were just kind of limited, limited by space, didn't want to pack out the house too much. But going forward, I think the, the producers need to be in the house this time around. You know, Payne and, and Dream Life and, and actually Miles was in there. He was one of the producers that we added late. He, Miles, he, he was in there. He, he came by because he was local. But, you know, going forward, I think that the producers will, will be in the house as well. Awesome, awesome. And guys, again, joining me on the phone line, it is Damian Ritter. You may know him as Dame. He's a great follow on Twitter. I'm just going to give that a shout out right now. And, and before we go any further, man, where, where do they follow you at? Yeah, I'm on, I'm on Twitter. Fairly active on Twitter. Dame underscore MEC. 
um, or you can find me on Instagram, dame.mec, um, or just, you know, follow the Music Entrepreneur Club page at Music Entrepreneur Club on um, IG and TikTok. We started posting a few things at TikTok, although we don't have very many people over there, but um, it exists. Right there, you go. You got you got to be everywhere, right? Even if it, it, it's it's that right there is stressful for for me. I know that. Like it's like, dude, there's so many platforms and apps and all this these different things that you can have your content on, and it can be a struggle sometimes, right? Yeah, no, it definitely can get overwhelming um, because all these platforms want you to use all of the different types of tools and services that exist within the platform. You know, so for example, Instagram, they want you to use story and they want you to use reels and they want you to use the regular post. They want you to go live, you know, and every platform kind of wants you to use their, the different tools. Um, so it, it, it's tough. And I, you know, I understand when artists, kind of complain about being on social media um i hear the complaints but you know it's necessary you got to carve out that time to um you know create content for social media that's going to capture people's attention yeah man i know that um i know that youtube is something that does well for you as well at least i think if I'm, i'm trying to remember back i feel like that's where like i really started getting into some of your content was I, I think when I came across a interview you did for Beat Stars with Brian Zizuk, if I'm not mistaken, and I, and I know that you guys do a you know you you have that video aspect to your podcast as well. You do the interviews. Like, what does video mean? You you talked about it earlier that artists you know they have to have that visual component, and I mean maybe now more so than ever. Like how how important is the video aspect just for connecting with a new audience? Man, it, it's it's crucial. I don't I don't think you can do anything without a visual component, um, and it doesn't have to be you know super polished, you know, super expensive. Um, it, it really just has to be something creative and something that captures people's attention quickly, uh, especially if you're a new creator or artist. Um, you know, I think that's probably the, the, the number one piece of feedback that I give uh, on artist videos is just taking too long to start. You know, people have very short attention spans. And if you have like long intros to your video or that nothing happens for a little while, people are just going to click away or swipe up. Uh, but that visual component is is a must these days. I, I just can't imagine an artist that is, does well with audio only i'm not even sure how you start to get people's attention with just just audio well let's talk about uh, the music entrepreneur club man so that's you know started out you, you've expanded a little bit here recently and we'll get into that but it started off with you and dj pain one as we mentioned like um just take us back to the beginning man like how did the idea for mec kind of come about and, and what were those kind of early steps like for you guys yeah well i mean i i've been doing this type of work for a while even when funk volume existed i hosted a couple of virtual conferences um because as i was learning the business i just felt it was important to share what we were doing with other independent artists um so i think the first virtual conference i want to say was in maybe 2012 and then or 2013 and then we did another one 2015 i actually just facebook just reminded me or brought back the flyer from from the 2015 conference um 
so really the MEC is just the F Funk Volume Conference evolved, you know, just because Funk Volume doesn't exist anymore. You know, I felt like it was even more important, you know, having gone through that, you know, where a lot of the breakup was just because of a lack of, of understanding, a lack of business knowledge. Uh, I felt it was even more important, you know, to have a platform that artists can turn to to get some solid information just because there's a lot of bad information out there. Um, so the MEC, you know, we started, I think it's been, shoot, maybe five or six years now. Uh, and we've gone through different iterations of what it looked like. It used to be a membership-based program that, that, that people paid for. Um, and then BeatStars came in last year to um, to sponsor it. So we made it free and available to, to everyone where you can tap in twice a week, Monday and Thursday at 12 p.m. Pacific. And we have a, a session. I got a session today in about an hour and a half. So uh, we have guests that come through on a weekly basis and we just just talk about different topics that I feel like artists need to be aware of. Um, and it, it's been dope. We've gotten some great feedback and people seem to in, enjoy and get a lot out of the session. So we continue to do it. We also have a podcast that we drop every Monday um, and then we'll take the MEC on the road again once you know COVID restrictions lift a little bit because uh, we also tour the MEC. We hit different cities and basically just have panels and things um in cities where that don't normally get you know music conferences so it's, it's dope um so looking forward to getting back on the road 100 percent, 100 percent, and uh we are looking forward for you guys to get that opportunity because i know i mean just what i've kind of you know dove into with mec and i'm not even an artist you know like um I see the value there. So like if you were to say, um, kind of wrap up the, the mission or the goal of MEC, like in just like a, a simple sentence, what would that be? Like, what are people coming to music entrepreneur club to get? Um, so I would say they're coming to get information that you need. If you want to build a business, an independent business in the music industry because um, the people that we have on you know have, have a lot of great experience and even though there's different ways that you can maneuver these days to become successful there are some common threads amongst those that are successful so you know i think it's a it's a great platform to get the the reality of of what it's like to navigate the music industry yes sir and i know that you guys have you know, you're building a community around this. Um, and there's a lot of different places to tap in. Like, like where do people start? Like, where do you point them to like, Hey, you know, go here first. And then, um, what else is available? I know like there's a discord server, um, that's a part of the community. Like, like where do you, you kind of start people out at? Well, we never really got the discord running. I mean, there's one that exists, but it's not very active where I pour people to is just the Instagram page. You'll get, you know, you'll keep, you'll be able to keep up with everything that we have going on. If you just follow our Instagram page. Um, and then we have a, a, a text, a text number that we send out text alerts every time we go live. So if people text MEC, just the, the, the letters MEC to 844-206-7800. Um, they'll get a text alert every time we go live before, right before our live session. Um, so, or they can go to our website, musicentrepreneurclub.com. But if you just go to our Instagram and follow us on Instagram, you know, you, you, you'll, you'll be able to keep up with everything that we're doing. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you talked about, you know, you guys go live. You have the podcast. I was actually listening to the newest episode uh, this morning. Uh, I believe you guys were talking about the uh, astral world, what happened down there and, and all that. And one thing that you've added or one person that you've added is someone that we're very familiar with here at 520 Collective. She's been on the podcast before and and, you know i think if you're a part of like the christian hip-hop community if you're plugged into that then you know who aaron knight is and what she brings to the table um just talk a minute about bringing her onto the team you know kind of like how did that happen and and what you know what was it for you that you were like yes this is someone that i want around what's going on with the music entrepreneur club yeah so aaron is is somebody that I, i i think we follow each other before I reached out to her, but I, I actually reached out to her to have one of her artists, Scotty ATL, on the MEC. Um, so we were coordinating that, and I believe there was one week where he couldn't, he was scheduled to come on the MEC and he couldn't make it. I knew that she was a manager, so I was like, hey, would you, would you want to fill in for him? Um, so we had her on the MEC, and just during that live session, like once you've been in music for some time, like when you talk to people that get it, and it, it, it's it's apparent like right away, you know, that, that this person has some real legit experience in the music industry, is super smart. So through that conversation, you know, on, on, on the NEC, um, it was apparent to me that, that she was super sharp. Um, and we, I felt just needed a new voice. You know, it was, me and Payne have been doing this for quite a few years now. And, you know, I felt like we needed a new voice uh, preferably a woman's voice and I just circled back with her and said hey would you want to you know help us out that's how that happened and I'm super grateful for her support and I look forward to you know executing some of the ideas that she has to, to grow the brand oh man yeah I know that she's got ideas so we'll, we'll be looking forward to that seeing what what happens there uh, for sure for sure no I think that uh, you guys have have a have a good dynamic building there whenever I, I listen to the episodes. Um, you know, I listen to you guys on Audio Mac, so there's a plug for, for that as well. If anyone out there uses Audio Mac, you can find the Music Entrepreneur Club uh, podcast on there. Go make sure you give them a follow um, and, and listen to those episodes when they drop. But um, yeah, man, I, I see as you guys go along, because it's still early with her being a part of the team i can see the potential of what's coming down the line and, and i'm excited because like you said there's a ton of knowledge between the three of you i, I appreciate the feedback i mean we have been doing this for, for a long time and i think that with that um you know just there's just a level of comfort you know talking about all types of different topics within the music industry because we've probably had some 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 firsthand experience with with that topic so i think there is just a level of comfort and i'm glad that that kind of is seen when people are listening so um yeah i definitely would agree yeah man and let's let's talk about um just a little bit of kind of that just firsthand experience firsthand knowledge and like what kind of advice you would give to independent artists you know i'm I'm sure there's some go-to and i don't want to try to get every bit of info out of you but like um, whenever you first come across and, and start interacting with an artist like where's the place that you like to start um, as far as like what you share with them and some of like your you know just kind of go-to tips when it, as far as like how an independent artist can grow their 
business essentially yeah well I, yeah I'm, I'm sure i mean this could, this is this can, i can have it advice for days but i would say um you know some of the more most important things are uh definitely learn the business um it, it's not that complex of a business but you have to take the time to learn it and you have to continuously educate yourself because it's always evolving and changing different social media platforms are popping up platforms are changing the way we listen to music is changing um you know so i, I think that the educa education component is huge um you know you want to surround yourself with the right people um, good people that you can trust people that are committed to being the best in their role if possible uh so you want to develop a, a solid team um you know, you, you want to have a great content strategy. So not just music, but, you know, the visual component that we talked about. Like what is what is your story? What is your narrative? How are you going to share that story through your social media, through your merch, through your shows? Because um, there should be a, a constant, consistent theme throughout all the content that, that you put out. Um, so I think that's, that's a, a lot where artists just don't even think about. They just start... They start rushing out content. They're not thinking about their brand. They're not thinking about their story, the different narratives that, that, that they should be crafting and, and sharing with their fans because that's how their fans are going to, you know, connect with them on a deeper level. Um, so I think those are definitely some of the things that, um, you know, that, that I that I talk to artists a lot about. Yeah, and you um, mentioned earlier about how, you know, you did a lot of art, artist management over your time in this industry. Uh, I think one big question that I would love to ask you is just as an artist, what's your advice as far as like if they're thinking about I need to maybe I need to get a manager. I feel like that's a big question that we see a lot. Um, what What is your thoughts there as far as like when's the right time to look into getting a manager and what should they be looking for? Yeah, so I know a lot of people would just tell you, hey, you know, get a manager when you have something to manage. And I don't I don't really agree with that because I didn't you know, we didn't really have anything to manage right away when I started working with my brother and Hobson. But together, you know, we created something to manage. So I would say, you know, be open to a manager when you find somebody that is just as passionate, just as dedicated um, and you guys have a shared shared vision. Um, for what you want to do uh, that's hard to find that that is hard to find before you have something to manage though so i think that's why a lot of people say just you know wait until you have something to manage uh but if you have somebody that that fits that fits that description early you know there's nothing wrong with locking in and creating something to manage together in my opinion um if you don't have this person then you're gonna have to you know start the journey alone and probably attract that person with the momentum that you build on your own. Um, that's probably typically what what happens. Um, so, you know, you probably shouldn't start off with the expectation that you're going to have a manager early on, that you're going to have to build something on your own and attract people to the vision. Um, so in terms of what to look for in a manager, uh, somebody that is organized, somebody that is dedicated to the to the role, somebody that's continuously educating themselves, somebody that's good at, at building and connecting with people, um, 
those are probably the top the top qualities in my opinion um uh, for for a manager perfect perfect so guys i hope you're you know taking these notes down and, and applying them for sure so as we look ahead and and you know 2022 we're we're right up on it i mean i know you talked about you know the the next installment of one week notice but like as we're looking at the year to come what what are we what are we going to be watching out for when it comes to damien ritter whenever it comes to the music entrepreneur club um so for the music entrepreneur club we should be touring um at some point in, in 2022 uh, we also should have another iteration of our collab for the crown contest. That's a contest in which we kind of force artists to collaborate with each other in order to participate. So we're, we're thinking about that right now. Um, and then just continue to continue to have our, our weekly sessions, uh, for one week notice. Um, you know, going to try to make it bigger and better each year. So we'll figure out in the coming months you know which which platforms are going to support the project but i'm going to try to get started earlier um in the year uh, but i'm not sure when it'll actually happen but one week notice will happen next year um and then hopefully you start to see my the comedians that i work with big ja and minx on on, on the big screen um in 2022 i mean they've been in some stuff here and there but in terms of you know getting uh their own show or a bigger role and a, re- a bigger recurring role um you know that's the goal for 2022 um in addition to them touring as well the whole crew is stupid we'll take that all out on the road um and and we'll, we'll do a nationwide tour for the whole crew is stupid as well there you go there you go and, and a little bit of a follow-up on that as well and i might be putting you on the spot just just a little bit here but if you were to kind of look out at just the the music landscape you know just within the music industry here um you know within the next year or a couple of years like if you were an artist trying to get ahead of the curve a little bit like what's something that you see on the horizon that artists should be preparing for within the music industry um i mean no matter what happens you know, in terms of how people are listening to music or NFTs or anything that happens, like it's, it's always important to build your community, right? Like if you're able to build your community of fans, um, and, and you have a direct relationship, you own the communication with your fans, you get their emails, you get their phone numbers. Um, no matter what changes in the music industry happen, if you, own the connection with your community you're going to be able to evolve with however people listen to music in the future whatever services are available so that's what i try to encourage artists to do is to build community um amongst your fans um and try to own the communication with your fans try to get the phone numbers get the email addresses um so no matter what happens to different social media platforms no matter what new social media platforms exist in the future um, you're gonna be able to keep moving and, and, and growing as an artist, um, if, if you're successful at building community. Yeah. And I think whenever I've seen some people talk about community, I mean, I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly the importance of building that community. Um, I guess my question would be like, whenever you're using that word community, like, what does that look like in your opinion? Because I think with social media and just the way that, people connect with each other there's been this shift where people take 
you know, these people that you haven't met as, as community. Right. And that's okay. That's okay. But I saw someone mention on, on Twitter, uh, not too long ago, this idea of you don't even need your, your hometown anymore. And I feel like there's something wrong there. Like, I feel like you need those grassroots still, whatever it is you're building as an artist, as you know, someone with a platform, whatever you need that, that, that local uh, community as well. Like what's your opinion there has like inter- the internet and social media reduced the importance of that local community? Yeah. I mean, I think it, I think it's awesome if you have the support of, of, of your local community, because obviously, you know, there's a lot of similarities amongst the people that live right in your town and you can connect with, um, on a certain level. But if that, but if that doesn't exist, um, you know, the internet has allowed us to create connections with people that have shared interests outside of our, outside of our physical community. Um, you know, when I started Funk Volume, you know, I would say we eventually had a fan base locally, but it didn't start locally. Um, you know, we got out and, and connected with people that were, were rocking with us early on outside of our, our city. Um, so, so yeah, when I say when I say community and, and you know artists, like how do you build community? What I what I mean is you know early in Funk Volume, like we gave, we created a lot of opportunities for our, our fans to interact with us and each other, right? And then you know we we shared certain narratives, certain stories that people could really identify with, um, that you know enhance that engagement or enhance that connection with, with the artist. Um, so we gave our fans opportunities to sell our CDs. This is just an example. There's many examples, but you know, early on, the first album that we put out, Hopkins Raw album, we allowed our fans to buy the CDs at wholesale price. So we allowed them to buy as long as you buy ten or more. I think it was you can buy them for two dollars, and then you can turn around and sell them. Um, you know, so that increases enhances communities. We're giving our community an opportunity to make money from our CDs. It's kind of like NFTs today, right? The idea is if you buy an NFT, you know, as that artist grows in popularity, maybe you can sell that NFT in the future for a higher dollar amount. So we were given CDs for $2 and people were turning around selling them for $5, 10 $15, keeping the profit from those CDs. You know, we also had funk volume basketball jerseys that you can personalize, right? So, you know, if you wanted a jersey, you put your name on the back. So those, those were probably, that was probably my best. That was probably my favorite piece of merchandise early on. But those type of things, um, uh, help create community and, and strengthen that community. There's a strength, a stronger bond. Um, so if you do these type of things with your community, like your fans are going to be fans forever, you know, cause they're going to remember these things that you're doing, um, you know, to try to bring people together to try to um, benefit people's lives. So that's ultimately what I mean by, by community and it can get, you know, it can get deep, but um, you know, that's what I think artists should strive for. And it's because if you create community, you're going to have a very long career. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, you, you mentioned a lot of things there that I feel like could lead into a whole nother discussion, but I know that I know we need to be respectful of your time today that you got, you know, another live 
coming up here soon that you gotta get to. So I'm not, I'm gonna hold off and maybe, maybe I'll throw it out there that we can, you know, reach out in the future, maybe get you to come back to the 520 Collective podcast and hit on some of these other ideas you just threw out there, if possible. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Sounds, sounds good, man. <laughs> all right. All right. So, uh, again, uh, before we wrap it up here, uh, Dame and, and get get out so that you can get to your show. Uh, just one more time, let the listeners know where do they tap in. You know, whether it's website, social media, whatever. Where, where do you want them to be at to support what you have going and what uh, the Music Entrepreneur Club has? I would just say find us on Instagram at Music Entrepreneur Club, um, and then my personal page is Dame dot um, and then on Twitter Dame underscore mec. Um, reach out. And, and tap into our live sessions. There's a lot of people that we have um, that that drop a lot of knowledge for free. You know, these sessions are free to attend. Um, you know, and I think it, it sometimes can help save a lot of money as you avoid some mistakes early on um, if you listen to what some of these folks are saying. So tap into our live sessions. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We appreciate your time today. Uh, Dame and just hopping on the podcast with us. We'll look forward to, you know, communicating with you more in the future as well. So, and guys, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors. Like we said, the bookkeeper 24 seven, check them out at tbk247.com as well as the rest of our episode sponsors. And we will catch you guys on the next one.